Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, religion. Is it the opiate of the masses? Or are the masses already too stoned to need an additional opiate? Philip Picardi, host of the Unholier Than Thou podcast, is here to talk about religion and spirituality in the modern age. Nietzsche said, I cannot believe in a God who wants to be praised all the time. Yeah, God, what's up with that? Needy much? We'll find out. Plus, mailbag! Tony Nita Hull opens up the mailbag and discovers a new call-out to fans of Bonnie Burns. Crinkleheads unite! I am battening down my hatches. And, finally, at long last, we have a winner in our vocabulary contest! I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to keep this show's conversational theology bending towards the god of coherency. And now, please welcome the woman who follows just one doctrine in discourse, that there is no god, there are no rules set in stone, humanity is awash on a wave of chaos, and it's every man for himself. Oh, wait, that's the philosophy of the President of the United States. Anyway, welcome the woman who doesn't follow any conversational credo, Paula Poundstone! Well, it's so nice to be with you. Well, I'm not really with you guys, but over the phone, you know. Uh, let's, uh, oh, oh, wait. Before I go any further, uh, uh, hi, Adam, hi, Bunny, hi, Tony, and thanks to tonight's band, Harry Orlov on the guitar. Returning champion, Harry Orlov. I knew I knew that name. Um, hey, you know what? I, I find... Lately now, um, I have to walk my dogs every day, and uh, I, you know, when I'm walking, sometimes what's going on in the world right now is so horrible that I've started saying to myself, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna consciously reminisce, uh, so that I'm not thinking about current times. And so yesterday I was doing this. I was walking down the street. I was reminiscing about this wonderful time I thought I had experienced with my son one time. Um, we were in Virginia together, and we went to a place called Lake Anne, and we rented a boat. And usually it takes me forever to get in the water anywhere um, because it's always so damn cold. But this water was so comfortable. Like I jumped in and out a bunch of times. It wasn't hard to get in at all. And he wouldn't come in the water, but uh, but I could talk to him on the boat while I swam around because it was so quiet. Hardly anybody was in there. And, and it was one of the most lovely experiences. And I, and nice. I remember at one point we had, we had been in the water. We got over in this sort of grassy area and some sort of official 
came out, like some government guy came out and said, you have to move away from here. And so we did. Well, so later I was telling somebody about this experience and it turns out that is a man-made lake um, over like at a nuclear power plant. Oh, Oh, and uh, yeah. And so, uh, (laughs) so it wasn't really the wonderful time that I thought it was. The reason the water was warm was had something to do with that nuclear power plant. And now um, my allergies are much better, but um, my <laughs> sometimes I have to blow my knees. I have a... <laughs> uh, that, yeah. Well, you know, it also explains, Paula, why sometimes when we're hanging out late at night after we've watched a movie together... I can I can sit next to you and read without turning on a light. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> why I I glow now. Yeah, and you know that's that's happened to me over and over again. Where I think I have a lovely memory, like yeah. I, I said to my middle daughter one time, I I said, you know, wasn't it great when we drove to like Idaho or whatever it was? And she said, I always hated long car rides, and I just. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And yet I've been enjoying the comfort of reflecting on all these long car rides that we've had where I thought everyone was enjoying themselves. Turned out, no, wrong wrong about that yeah. too. So this idea oh, well. of, you know, sort of disappearing from the present uh, to reminisce, I think what I'm going to have to do is reminisce about someone else's life. I can send you some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now, Paula, um... Let's go around the horn. Up in the Simi Valley, our friend, <laughs> our producer, your manager, Paula, who's uh, she's just poised to break out a nugget of wisdom or a bone mower or two. It's Bonnie Burns, <laughs> Captain Crinkle. Oh, you're coming to me first. Yay. Yay. Well, I am a plethora of things to talk about today. I'm not quite sure where to start. Well, really? I was hearing right. the opening. Okay, while I was hearing the opening of the show, I thought I'd say I love the idea of crinkleheads, and then I was going to do this really cornball joke, which I'm debating about, but I'll give it a shot. Knock knock. Who's, Who's there? there? What makes you think this is going to be cornball? Crinkleheads. <laughs> oh, yeah, crinklehead. Yeah, crinkle crinkle who? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> So, now, Bonnie, you had so what? much to say, and you more. went with the I first thing. Wait, 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 wait. Let's go back. So you said you were debating about it, right? What was yeah, on the pro side? I, I knew side? It probably I shouldn't do it. No, when you, were, when you were debating, was the side that said, yes, do the crinklehead joke, was that Joe Biden or was that Donald Trump? Well, clearly, it was Donald Trump. I don't know if you did this, Paula, when you were in therapy, but like when I was in therapy, <laughs> I used you. to think about- Fuck you! What do you about- mean? Why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I've known you for a long time. But when I, I was in therapy- when, No, wait. What? I have a question for you. In the aftermath yeah. of your nervous breakdown, how- <laughs> <laughs> I had a nervous breakdown. Not even close. <laughs> Keep going. When you were- When you- when you were healing from that period of time where you were seeing things, do you um, 
<laughs> what, what kind of tea did you enjoy? No, of course I was in therapy. What are you kidding me? What I right. wouldn't give to it? have that time and money back now. Yeah, you know, once when I was in therapy, it, it took me probably two or three years to get up the nerve to do this. I used to hear this crinkling sound behind my head. And finally, I got the nerve to turn around and see what it was. And it was the guy sitting behind me. I was in Freudian therapy. He was picking the dead leaves off the plant on the pedestal behind my head. And I said, would you cut that out? So wait, you were tormented what by a crinkler? <laughs> oh, I never thought of that, Adam. That's great. <laughs> it's like textbook. It's like textbook. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you and I, you went to a therapist where there was a, th- <laughs> th- a therapist. Where you a therapist? sat on the couch and didn't oh, look at him so you could God, free associate. You stared awful. at the wall. Oh my God, this is terrible. Right. And the guy was like pruning. <laughs> he was pruning the plant behind my head. <laughs> oh my God. I think I really only got the nerve to do that when I was starting to feel like I'm not making a lot of progress in here. No, it doesn't <laughs> sound like it. <laughs> yeah. You were leaving. <laughs> Do you remember the time that you were uh, you were telling him something about your mother and he started vacuuming? Do you remember that? That was awful. <laughs> <laughs> just, just disrespectful. I think I'm not sure this guy was really turned all around that and he was in the bathtub. <laughs> what's that? What's that swishing sound? What is? The water was just draining That's out. That's funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't know anything about that. That's boy. You've been to some clinker. <laughs> you, no, you've funny, been I'm, to some I'm, some therapeutic clinkers. <laughs> funny, I'm, I'm almost scared to ask. Was that one of the things you wanted to share, or have you, or both no. the things you've shared so far, been extemporaneizing? <laughs> Speaking yeah, of free association, sort of got off, you know, extemporaneously yeah. talking. Well, how did that I'll happen? I don't know. I think this is better than what I thought of. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Well, if yeah. if the knock knock joke. It would joke be hard just... to lowball the knock knock joke. Yeah. If the knock knock <laughs> joke is any example, then I'm going to take a wild guess and say yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. No. Do you do you remember the time you were with the the Freudian guy and you were laying on the couch and he was pruning? And you said, wait, I just want to say this one thing. And you said, knock, knock. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to exercise one of my few executive powers on this show and move on. (laughs) Thank you, Bonnie Burns. All right, moving around the horn to Tony. What are the last 15 things that have popped into your head, Tony? What do you got to share with us? Um, so I, uh, pest control was supposed to come today and I had to pull everything out of my cupboards in the kitchen and bathroom and put it in the middle, put it in the middle of my floor and cover it. And then they canceled. So all of my belongings are just in the middle of my floor. And I live in a studio apartment. It's so sad. I had to get a plate from off the floor and my air fryer so I could make lunch. Oh, is it, isn't there a way you can use the air fryer on the bugs? 
Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) I think if you just don't. We should have that insect lady back on. She could she could tell us how to cook bugs in an air fryer. Oh no, yeah. you don't cook them. No, you you don't put the lid on, and then you force it. You you point it towards the corners and under things, and it um, air fries the bugs. What um what what kind of <laughs> bugs were they coming for? These pests. Um, I I have uh, I see an occasional German cockroach. German. How do you know they're German? <laughs> she talks to them. Um, they, I, they're, they're very specific kind of, of roach that kind of almost look like crickets at first. It's a German cockroach. It has leadership much better than ours. That's how you can tell. (laughs) (laughs) They're coping with their COVID better and they have a better immigration policy. And, um, and now the eyes of the world are turning to them, uh, for leadership. That's how you can yeah. tell they're German roaches. That's how you can tell it's a German cockroach, yeah. I, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The American cockroach is orange. <laughs> Not only is it orange, it leaves a little orange trail wherever it goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking for a new place to live, so. Are you really? I am. I want to upgrade to a big girl apartment with a bedroom and everything. Oh, All right. Well, if anyone in the Southern California area um, has an apartment that they want to uh, uh, lease to Tony Anita Hull, I'm sure she's a great tenant. <laughs> I'm a very good tenant. And, well, except that you keep all your shit in the middle of the floor. Okay. But hey, <laughs> hey, if anybody. <laughs> so right weird. now, there's like a circle of German cockroaches in Tony's apartment that are right now talking about moving themselves. They'll go, she has all her shit in the middle. You know what that means. <laughs> we we got to find another place to go. <laughs> yeah. They're terrible. Yeah. They're so gross. They're so gross. I hate yeah. them. I hate the Germans. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. Not the Germans. Well, the German cockroaches, the German, sorry. The German cockroaches, my heavens. Sorry, I don't hate Germans. Sorry. God, we're going to get complaints right. about that. No. No, it no, was, no we were talking fine. about cockroaches. You know, you could just as easily have said, I hate cocks. And... <laughs> <laughs> And trust me, we'd have gotten calls about that. <laughs> all right. Now, Paula, um, do you have a vocabulary word for Elias? And I'm along with all the other scares I've had recently. Last night, I thought my vocabulary had run dry. Luckily, uh-huh. because the podcast was coming up, I found a new word, a severation. It's a severation. A severation. It's a noun that means solemn or emphatic declaration or statement. Um, wait a minute. Here we go. Oh. Solemn or emphatic declaration or statement. Okay, here. Uh, so I'll use it in a sentence, uh, which is this. Okay. I don't understand why the people in a position to remove Trump from power 
even temporarily, have not made the asseveration to the American people that he is mentally unfit to serve at this time. It's a great word. And I would it like is. to do I would like to do it the honor of putting it in my vocabulary song. Um, here it is. Ready? Um, Ready. Uh-oh. There it is. <laughs> is it? <laughs> no. Yeah, that's it. Isn't it? It is. No. It is, too. There, there it is. Go. This week's word is asseveration. It's a noun that means a solemn or emphatic statement or declaration. If we're too stupid to wear masks, we're all done. Last week's word was purulent. It's an adjective that means consisting of containing or discharging pus. I hope that never happens to us. The week before that, we had seminal. It's an adjective that means of a work or event or idea strongly influenced later developments. The Democratic Convention had virtual celebrants going back before that we had insouciant it's an adjective that means carefree unconcerned free from care or worry i'll eat it even if it's furry and not long ago we had hyperbolic it's an adjective that means deliberately exaggerated this podcast is richly financially compensated and even before that, we had lugubrious. It's an adjective that means dismal and sad, like when ducks poop on everything you had. Let's never forget free, which I pronounced wrong until nobody James Harder corrected me. It's a noun that means confused, jumbler, medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, replicable, replicable. But I do, I do. I do. <laughs> Bravo! Ooh. Oh, Paula. oh boy! I, there it is. I do want to. I do want to point out a couple of little little things here. Um, that that listener who called you on mispronouncing Gallimoffrey. Yeah. You mispronounced his name. James Hyder. Yeah. What? How? What I call him? Harder. Did I call him harder? Oh, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> but I got to say, I love asseveration. Uh, asseveration. A solemn or emphatic. What I like about it is that it's, it seems to have the word assertion in it, but it's more severe, which is also a word in it. I, I'm, in, I'm into that. Ooh, ooh, yeah. It's almost yeah. the same meaning, isn't it? As assertion? Oh, no, no, sol- yeah. I, I don't know that an assertion is necessarily solemn. Right, it could be giddy. It is emphatic, though. So, yes, yeah, indeed. yeah. I, it's you know, there's. I, I'd say they're probably similar. That's what I would say. I, I, I will rubber stamp that. <laughs> Coming up, our friend Garrison Keeler said, "Anyone who thinks sitting in church can make you a Christian must also think that sitting in a garage can make you a car." We'll discuss what church religion and spirituality means in 2020 with. Philip Picardi, that's coming up when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important 
to an advertisement. But when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured, like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i, I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. You can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, Titanic Captain Edward J. Smith said, don't be afraid of icebergs. <laughs> oh, shit. Did he really say that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, to, he said don't, don't let him dominate your life. That's what he said. Totally. And, yeah. Don't, go, don't feel like you have to go out of your way because you see an iceberg. That's right. what he said. That's what he said. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that's all right. Sorry if I'm derailing this. Yeah. We no, like that kind good. of stuff. No, that's exactly the right energy. Mm -hmm. 
And we're back. Thank you, house band Harry Orlov. Now, Paula, I know one thing that you and I have talked about in the last year is that um, events are kind of leaving us scratching our heads about what people who profess to really be representing religion are doing to our world. Yeah, you know, I noticed that when uh, I, I was watching Kaylee, White House Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany, um, saying something that was clearly a lie, and, and and then I realized I'd never looked that closely at her before, but she's wearing a cross around her neck. I don't get how that goes together. How does somebody who lies for a living square that with being religious? Uh, Unless you know, that was just a decoration. It could have been just a decoration, or it could have been the letter yeah. T. She might be married. Yeah. I don't know who she's, uh, her partner is, but it might be somebody named Timothy. Yeah, it might have just been a poorly formed plus sign. Right, because she's extra <laughs> yeah. plus good at lying. Um, well, uh, fortunately, we have someone here on our phone who has been exploring religion and spirituality in the modern age through lenses both saintly and secular. He's an award-winning journalist and editor, formerly of Teen Vogue and Out Magazine, and host of the new crooked media podcast, Unholier Than Thou. Please give it up for Philip Picardi. Welcome aboard, Philip. Thank you, guys. What an honor to be here. I I just, I don't understand. (laughs) I'm just being fucking polite, you guys. Oh, okay. No, that was nice. That was really nice. Yeah, you're welcome. When you say it's an an honor to be here, I just can't help wondering, where else have you been? Yeah. Uh, uh, how, How low have you sunk? Um, I mean, yeah. you don't want to read my grinder messages, but yeah, oh. that's. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't really want to read anybody's grinder messages. Uh, you well, know, I and we are honored to have you with us, and that's not just thank being you, polite. Um, thank you. I don't believe you. Yeah. Oh no, I'm 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 fairly honest. She uh, is okay. All right. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I don't always say when I'm upset about something right away. That's that's right. That's right. a you know sometimes sometimes I do. Um, all right, so let's start with the basics, Philip. What is religion? How do you define it? I define religion a lot like I define American politics, mainly in that it is a mechanism that exists to control people and potentially to lie people that is rooted in hypocrisy. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Were you expecting something different? No. <laughs> no, no. no. We, okay. we love that answer. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think people expect, you know, when I when I say that I host a podcast that's about religion, they expect me to be a religious person. Right. I am not a religious person. I I do consider myself to be a victim of religion. Um, And by that, I mean, I was a homosexual who attended Catholic schooling for the majority of his life. So my whole lens on religion is really one that's informed by like daddy issues, trauma, wanting to belong, thinking I was going to hell, and then like having a sexual awakening and realizing that the whole thing was kind of a farce. So while I respect anyone's, you know, religious identity, and I, in fact, sometimes I actually am very moved by people's stories of how religion informs their day-to-day lives, including their day-to-day activism, overwhelmingly, I think that everyone, regardless of whether you are religious or atheist, everyone needs to have a really clear idea of the role religion plays in society, particularly in politics, and how it is still to this very day, maybe even 
especially in this present day, being used as a mechanism to marginalize people and mm-hmm. to deceive people. We need to be aware of this. I know in your, you said, you know, how can you be a liar and be religious? But it's like, honey, have you met the Pope? Like, come <laughs> on. This is just like, this is hand in hand with religion. This is what religion does. So if we know the enemy, if we know the dark underbelly of religion, hopefully that will lead us on a spiritual journey that awakens us and brings us closer to what God actually is, not what, not what man made God to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. I do think, um, you know, I'm not a drinker anymore, but I, I, and, and of course now I I think bars are really a terrible idea because of the virus. But when we've, but when we've rounded a corner someday and we don't have the virus, I love the idea that there would be a little speakeasy, maybe in Milwaukee, maybe in Madison called honey, have you met the Pope? <laughs> Isn't that a great name? That, that was for worth like it. A, I love a that. little pub, and maybe maybe you I walk- should make it the title of my book. Like oh, I don't know. It's a great phrase, um, and I'm always going to give you credit for. You know, when I was when I was raising my children, um, I would say to them that uh, that religion was a way of people organizing themselves. Mm. To live together, mm-hmm. um, and that I thought that's where it came from. Why, why, Philip? Do you think that so many religions have similar tenets? Well, I, I think most most importantly, religion probably was founded up, upon the same beliefs that a lot of modern societies were founded, which is like, if we can't convince you to follow the law of the land, maybe we can scare the shit out of you enough to yes. follow yeah. very <laughs> similar laws to make you behave like an ethical person. So uh-huh. that is not to say that like, you know, religion is always bad, right? Like thou shalt not kill is like a pretty good thing to live by. I agree with that um, one. Yeah, that one I that one I, I mostly most days agree with. Uh, especially I've, you know. I've always had a hard time with the idea that there's clergy in the military and thou not shall not kill, right? It it doesn't go with the military. Well, there's- sure. I mean, yeah, thou shalt not kill also didn't go with like the Christian crusades or the genocide of indigenous people that like the Catholic Pope effectively blessed, you know, because right. they thought they were doing God's work by forcibly converting people into Catholicism. So yeah, it's it's incredibly, you're, to your point, Paul, it's incredibly rooted in hypocrisy. Now, which brings me to my next question for you, Philip, which is, you oh, wait, mentioned- back up, back okay. up. Do you think oh. then that maybe thou shalt not kill was a typo? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think was the typo? The, the T. The part? The T. Thou what? shalt no kill or thou oh, shalt no, not shit. kill? Thou, <laughs> thou, thou shalt okay, no yeah. kill. The T and then that. First of all, it, yeah, okay. So thou shalt. Okay, so yeah, the... Oh, well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't just be the T then. You're right. It would be N O N O T. So someone really like, you know, someone my really guess is they were chiseling on the tablets mm. and mm. and and their dog nudged their elbow 
That's because that happens here, not with tablets. But yeah. Right. Um, but what I wanted to get to was you you were just talking about religion in the, in those terms, and then you mentioned relationship with God. Now, mm-hmm. um, do you want to kind of offer up how you feel about God and how God might not be involved with religion or the relationship between the two? It, seem, it seems like there's something interesting there based on what you said. I think that there is a potential for people to have a relationship to spirituality or a higher power that can be entirely divorced from religion. And so what I would I would say is that I think a lot of young people especially have moved away from organized religion and have moved towards this idea of connecting to some sort of higher power or believing that there is something larger that exists, but that religion really isn't even scratching the surface of what this higher power is. So I think that, you know, for me, what I found solace in, especially growing up, going to church every Sunday, you know, being told to pray every night, I think the kind of solace that I've found in forging a spiritual path or trying to figure out what my spiritual path is. I don't know. I don't know where I'm headed with all of this, but I think that, you know, what I, what I've loved from what I've, I've heard from people who I've interviewed for the podcast is that like, it's a spiritual experience to protest, you know, it's a spiritual experience to be in community with people that you love and to be challenging each other about your ideas or to be listening to one another or to be doing community service or volunteering in another way. Like all of these things are spiritual outlets. If we look at them less as these kind of like civic duties or obligations and look at them more as a way to spiritually enrich ourselves, you know, maybe we'd have a healthier relationship with with doing those things too. Maybe we'd prioritize them in a different way, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, although I think you might be misconstruing spiritualism for um, for like happy chemical hits in your brain. <laughs> serotonin? <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually not serotonin. It's no, oxytocin. Oh, oxytocin. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, uh, not oxycotton, by the way, oxytocin. Um, right, don't and, get you know, those confused. So... It reminds me, I you know, I was court ordered to AA for five long fucking years, and um, and I went, and uh, congratulations but, by the uh, way, that's you. great. Thank you, it was, it was wonderful. Um, but the thing is, <laughs> one of the things that really bothered me was that it's uh, the whole you know twelve steps and the turn your life, your will and your life over to God thing. I'm an atheist, and so I feel mm-hmm. that the government has no business sending me to something that involves this thing. And by the way, Mm. let me just say this. I met some wonderful people. Um, But what people would always say to me is, um, it doesn't have to be God. It can be the ocean. And I used to say to them, (laughs) that would have worked just fine when I was drinking. Um, (laughs) not Not that believing that the ocean is giving you some sort of message or direction is any more or less sensible than believing that it's coming from, a, you know, a white-robed guy with long locks in the sky somewhere. But don't... I, the other thing I found was that people would just... People would just sort of pick something, you know? They'd go like, you know... Or they'd go like, well, my God, she... And like, okay, maybe I, I don't. I don't think that makes it any more palatable, really. You know what I mean? How they just sort of make shit up as yeah. they go along. You know, why go to the trouble when somebody already wrote an outlandish story? Uh, why, why would you write one of your own? I just, you know, that's a funny. That's a really interesting way of looking at it. I definitely understand what you're saying. 
What I, I think I've always found too, especially like working in journalism, right? And, and working in journalism at a time when I was working for an outlet that was catering to millions of young women, specifically teenage girls, at a time when Donald Trump, a man who had admitted to being a rapist right. um, and who was admittedly xenophobic and racist, um, and then was winning the highest office in the land, right? Which is that like, some people need to be able to see themselves in stories in order to get the point of the story. And some stories are more powerful when there's a different person for once telling the story, right? So I think the whole point of all these different religions is it doesn't matter if one's better or worse than the other. And we can obviously have many conversations about that. What matters is like, what's getting you to the point where you want to make some changes in your life or you need a moral compass and you need a guide? And then which is your guide, right? Like you don't, what I don't love about Christianity are all the rules that they kind of place around this stuff where you need to get like baptized and communion and like you need to like get confirmed and you need to do all of these things according to the rules of the church. If religion was a little bit more approachable and if these faith stories were boiled down to what they are, which to your point, Paula, is really just telling stories in order to be better people and better neighbors to one another, I think, you know, we'd be more successful. So whatever story resonates with you, I say go for it. Who? I mean, who cares? So it's the ocean. For me, for me, it's the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, great. For me, yeah. it's Christina Aguilera. Understandable. Is, okay. Uh, wait, this is, I have something to confess. I don't know who oh, she is. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> who is Paula, she? What does she do? What does she do that makes sexual men? That makes her be <laughs> your your spiritual guide. I mean, I'm mostly kidding. Wait, are you serious? You don't know who Christina Aguilera is? No, I don't know who she is. <laughs> okay, she's, she's an iconic singer. Yeah. Like literally almost Whitney Houston levels of vocals. Um, well, tell I me what she, was... she sang. What songs did she sing? Um, I'm a genie in a bottle. You gotta right. run me the right way. It was her debut, Genie in a Bottle. She also sang Come On Over, What a Girl Wants, I Turn to You, Reflection from the Mulan movie. Did you see the Mulan movie? No. I'm really striking out here, no. huh? Okay, okay. wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. Go back to what a girl wants. So, how does that go? How does that okay. go? I, I can't believe wants, we've come here. What a girl needs, whatever makes me happy, sets you free, and I'm oh. thanking you. Do you know, you know what I'm singing? I feel like an idiot. She was my roommate for a while. Well, you oh, should feel Jesus. bad. Yes. Yeah. We lived in New York together. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I well, remember her. What a girl wants, Sure. Yeah, that's the one that did it for you. So what makes her? All right, so you were kidding. This is a homophobic conversation. Is it? Yeah, if you don't know Christina Aguilera, you hate gay people. I don't make the rules. Oh, I see. I thought it it was because I was about to say to you, if you get married, you can't have a cake. (laughs) Um. Yeah, that's actually approved by the Supreme Court. That's fine. (laughs) <laughs> I never understood why gays did, just didn't choose another food for their wedding. I, I just, you know, you can't, ha- you know what? You can't have a cake because you're gay. So you can't have a cake. That's the same sex marriage that you don't get a cake. You get a cake. If you're a heterosexual marriage, then you can have a cake. But otherwise you cannot. God won't let you have a cake. I've just never understood what made cake so important. 
They're so important. Yeah, it's all about the religious freedom thing. People, people are, think religious freedom means they can discriminate against people. That's not really how no. religious freedom works. But anyways, it is. But it, it is, is how religion works, sadly. Um, well, sure is. Um, Voltaire wrote, I have never made but one prayer to God, a very short one. Oh, Lord, make my enemies ridiculous. And God granted it. Love. Stay tuned to find out more <laughs> about other useful things prayer can do for us. The Cat of the Week is Tommy from Framingham, Massachusetts. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. 
Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. And we're back with the host of the podcast, Unholier Than Thou, former editor of Teen Vogue, and out, it's Philip Picardi. Hello again. You know, you've been talking a bit about spirituality and finance spirituality, and there, there are people, a lot of, a lot of uh, atheists like Paula would say that how could spirituality even be a thing uh, in, in a world that's determined by physics? You know, where is it located? How, so how, how would you square science with religion or science with spirituality? So okay, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get very real for a minute. I know we've been like joking, but uh-huh. my uh, the the best way I illustrate this is my partner is an emergency medicine doctor. So I'm he so fucking in the... scared right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let him, just... let him go. <laughs> go ahead. So go he ahead. worked um, in the second most populated hospital in New York that was infected with the coronavirus. And, you know, there were plenty of days, especially in the beginning of the pandemic, when there was little information really available about how this virus was working and how to properly fight it, right? So the death rate was very high. And not only was the death rate high, but, you know, he was working in in a hospital in Queens. So he was watching as this virus really disproportionately impacted Black and Latinx people who lived in Queens. And I asked him, like, how he could still believe in God when he literally has a front row seat to probably what will be one of the biggest tragedies of our lifetimes. God willing will be the biggest tragedy of our lifetimes, right? And he's not a religious man. I don't want you to think that. But he believes in God. Like He believes that there's something out there. He's one of the reasons I wanted to explore religion rather than just like forsaking God and calling myself an atheist. Right. Because frankly, like I couldn't believe that I had found this person, and so I figured if I found you and you exist in this world and we are together, there has to be something bigger out there. I believe in something bigger because I believe in you. And all he could say was that sometimes in the emergency room, there's shit that happens and you think that the patient is going to die. You think that the situation is beyond your control. And sometimes something works out in a way that just you can't explain. Like medically, You can't really explain it. There's no other way to really put it. And he's seen too many of those instances. He's seen too many of what he calls these very tiny miracles that make him really believe in God. And so this is a man of science, right? He went to medical school. He is an emergency doctor. And he finds a way to really believe in God, even though he is working in science every day. So I don't think you necessarily have to choose between the two. I also don't think there's an explanation scientifically or spiritually to everything. Um, And so sometimes just like leaving the unknown to be the unknown is leaving space for something else that you can't explain. And that's okay. And I think that's really powerful. Yeah. I am so relieved when you, when you said he works in the emergency room and then you said he went to medical school. Oh my God, was I relieved. Um, because <laughs> otherwise, 
otherwise you have just hooked yourself up to a shyster. Uh, <laughs> so this is That's so fantastic. yeah. So are you ever wrapping a package like say Christmas time, for example, which I celebrate uh, in a Santa Claus way, not in a Jesus way. But are you ever okay. wrapping a package and um, and the wrapping paper? As you put it around, it the image on the paper on one side lines right up with the image of the paper on the other side. You know what? That has literally never happened to me, and I wish I could relate to that because that would be lovely. <laughs> it's never happened to me either. When it happens, I say to myself, I didn't do that. That happened. <laughs> and I don't know how it happened. A Christmas, uh, maybe there was an elf there who helped you. You never know. I believe no, in elves. I just think it's something beyond. I I agree with you that there are things that we don't know and it's okay just not to know them. I, I definitely agree with that. I think to assume that there's a God involved. The problem with that philosophy that there's a God involved that, that is the keeper of all that's right and wrong and has a plan is then how do you explain the things that weren't so happy? I don't think that God does <clears throat> have a plan for everything. Are you crying right now? Is... Are you crying, Philip? No. I didn't mean to make you cry. I am absolutely <laughs> not crying. I, if I'm crying, it's because you don't know who Christina Aguilera is. No, I, 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 I reject the idea that there is an all-powerful being in the sky who's like playing all of us like we're a bunch of chess pieces. I don't think God works like that. And a lot of like you know, modern religious thinkers truly don't think like that either. I think that, you know, God makes a lot of space for, you know, human error, for humans to do things that we are want to do. And I think that a lot of times if we are not connected to our spirituality, we do things that would technically be against God. But like, you know, a lot of religious thinkers think that God is ultimately expressed as how we treat each other or like that God is in each of us. And so if we betray one another or if we mistreat one another, we are going against God. Not we're going against some guy in the sky, but -hmm. like going against God means being a bad person in the world, right? So when you think about it in terms like that, it's, it's a lot more approachable. I always say to people, I say, I don't believe in God, but I believe in you. And I really believe in you, Philip. I believe in you too. Well, I'll believe in you after you listen to Christina Aguilera's discography. I, what a girl wants. Is it like this? Is it what a girl wants? Is it like that? Yes. But a, yes, you got yeah. it. Okay, then I know. Okay, her. I believe in you. She's your redeemed. Wow. That's all it took. That's all it took. No, no. Wow. Um, For what it's worth, I think I think Christina Aguilera is fantastic. Wow. Wow. Yes. He's really dunking on you, Paula. I could dunk. I could name at least two songs that she's done. Did she do the one hit... Me, baby, one more time. Oh <laughs> my God! <laughs> was that was that her? It was Britney Spears. Are you playing with me? I think you're Philip, playing. Are, with are me. you crying again? I didn't mean to make I'm you cry. Again. <laughs> I'm crying again. <laughs> it's like being on the playground all over again, Paul. I'm just getting trauma flashbacks. Oh man, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, you know, the other night I was doing one of those cameo things and, and, you know, they, the people that want you to make these little videos, they write what they want you to say. And these people wanted, they were doing a, um, let's see, they normally would be having a fundraiser for their organization in a place with people there, but they couldn't. And it was, was the Oak Park, uh, something LBG and they used all the letters. So it was O P. D, 
Uh, they must add 12 letters in their moniker. And I said, to the, I said into the video thing, I'm like, you know, and I think they assumed I was gay. And so they said, you know, <laughs> so they, that's why they wanted me to do it, like without talking to me. But I'm happy to. And so I said, I said into the into the camera, I said, there's not letters for what I am. I, I don't know what I am. I, I'm and I but whatever that. letters I am, it's squared. So it would be like <laughs> it would it would or, Wait, or maybe cube. It. Maybe it's cubed. I'm like PP to the third. Oh, okay. I don't know. Got I it. don't know what I am. But these, okay. all these letters, it's like too much phonics. It's it's hooked on phonics, gone crazy. Why isn't <laughs> there just one? If you don't know one? what you are, that's totally fine. We don't need to fix ourselves to certain identities. But I do think that like having a basic understanding of the LGBTQ community, um, I think straight people and cisgender people could do a lot more to just like educate themselves on the basics of pronouns and some of the like some of the terms. Um, I think it's kind of the least you can do because we just have to like constantly navigate living in this world with all the microaggressions that that straight and cis people throw at us and and obviously there's like more severe things that are happening so it's like just like do a little just like a little light reading you know just like a casual just keep keep the article up on the on the web on, on your laptop or your phone or something i agree like, with that because it's, it's, it's not that hard it's literally the least we can do because because there's nothing else that we have to do because i don't have to think about that shit at all if i don't want to right wait yeah. isn't there isn't there any way i could do less you know let's move the now that we're here let's bring that back around to um religion because right now there's right now in our politics there's sort of a uh in the cloak of religion assault going on uh to lgbtq rights and stuff so with the amy what is she what is she amy conan barrett is that coney is she Coney or Close Coney? It, it's Amy Conan O'Brien. <laughs> no. It's Amy Conan the... Doyle. No, Conan the Barbarian. What? What is she... I so love that So her being there would do what? Okay. If Amy Coney Barrett gets appointed to the Supreme Court, we're going to deal with a, a major conservative majority... Oh, sorry. Let me just wait for this police siren to pass. Okay, what I'm going to take that what again. If, what if it doesn't? <laughs> so if Amy Coney Barrett is Wait, Philip, I'm going to give do- you my cell phone number And you call me if you need to You stay in contact with me Okay, go ahead So if Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed to the Supreme Court, we are dealing with a conservative majority on the court, which will forever shape, you know Any sort of rights for uh, marginalized people in the country for decades to come. She will be the youngest justice. She's only 48 years old. And so that means that she'll be sitting in this seat for her lifetime appointment, which, and she is one of the farthest right people we will have, if not the farthest right people we will have. And when Amy Coney Barrett joins the bench, you know, she's already made clear through her career where she stands on LGBTQ rights and she doesn't believe in them, right? And she also doesn't believe in reproductive justice. Um, And also she can be a helpful ally to the conservative justices in rolling back voting rights. So it's a really scary time. And it goes to show you why it is so important for all of us to be voting. Because if we vote for the right people, we vote for the right senators and for the right president, we can prevent these things from happening to stop our rights from being constantly under attack in this country. Well said. I I honestly think the last last day that I remember 
being happy was the day that the announcement of the the Supremes uh, when they um, supported gay marriage. Um, and I was happened to be working in San Francisco. And to hear the the sounds, you know, I, I, it was it must have been right near Gay Pride Day. Um, it was. It, it happened be- during Pride Month. Yeah, because I remember they had their march that day, and I remember watching from my hotel window. And you know, it was one of those kind of things that it went on all day in some ways. I mean, there was the parade, but then there was where people broke off into little groups when they were going home, and the people were still shouting at one another. Uh, you know, down the street, it sort of dissipated into into everyone's you know apartment and homes and lives. And to this day, when someone says to me, uh, like when I do did meet and greets after my shows. And a couple would come up to me, a same-sex couple, and they would say, well, you know, this is my wife or this is my husband or what, you know. I literally would get a dopamine hit. I think even though it was years ago, I still have that feeling like, oh, yeah, that's such a great thing. Still just makes me happy when I hear about it. So uh, that was really touching. Thank you for sharing that. No, it's really true. Uh, Oh, I love I. You know what? Here's the thing, Philip. I love people, and I love the but not idea. In that way. Not like no, the idea <laughs> that that two people find one another is crazy lucky and crazy great, and love is love, and so it uh, really is. Yeah, wow. it really yeah, it is, and so uh, yeah, I honestly think well that, said, that, Paula. that was the last day that I remember really feeling optimistic and happy. And how many years ago was that? That was 2015. Yeah. You know, the, the, um, the day that Bostock came down was actually, it was wild because so the day before, um, my best friend Raquel Willis was speaking at the Brooklyn March for Black Trans Lives. And we really had no idea, you know, what to expect from the turnout because a big part of the Black Lives Matter movement was, was you know, really not necessarily centering the fact that Black trans women have been murdered at very high rates in this country for years, often without media attention um, Mm -hmm. or big public displays of solidarity. In fact, last year, the American Medical Association declared an epidemic because Black trans women were being murdered at such high rates. And so Raquel was speaking at this rally in Brooklyn. So I went, you know, with my friends to go witness her speak. And I was one of 15,000 people flooding the streets of Brooklyn. There were police helicopters everywhere. No one had any idea what was going on. And these speeches were so incredible. And it was such a powerful thing to see how far this movement has come and how much support, you know, was there. And then the next morning, the decision comes down that says that employment discrimination is officially illegal against LGBTQ Americans. This was a fight that comes after marriage equality. This just happened, Bostock. Right, it did recently, And it just felt like... My gosh, like, I, you know, the thing about the Republican machine is that they know how to pepper the news cycle with a bunch of evil bullshit in order to demoralize us and make us feel like there is no chance and that we shouldn't have hope. Their biggest weapon is disarming us of our hope. And really, hope is all we have sometimes. And so those two days back to back, I swear to God, it was like, I felt like I actually was 
physically replenished. Like it was like something had re-entered my body that had been missing. And it's so much of what you're saying. Like when you saw the LGBTQ people in their parade in San Francisco, it's like, we cannot let them take that away from us too, because they're taking everything else away. So whatever we can hold on to, we have to hold on to it because that's the only way we're going to win. And and, yeah. and I think I think to underscore that, that part part of what the the conservative machine does is tell you that progress is not happening, and you have to take yes. a couple of steps back and realize, oh, the last Democratic president was elected twice in opposition to gay marriage, and by the way. Hillary Clinton still won the popular vote. And most Americans believe in reproductive justice. And most Americans believe that LGBTQ people should be able to marry. You know oh, what absolutely. I mean? Most Americans yep. believe in gun control. It's like they make it seem like the whole country is a part of their force and that we are the minority. And that's a part of their manipulation machine. And we have to be smarter than it. Isn't it weird that we are somehow being put under rules that are not what most of us believe in? Yes. I mean, that's just very strange. Well, it's, that's, that's the Electoral College and it's the United States Senate. Those, the little tiny flaws built into any system, just as, as things roll downhill, they just get more and more distorted. Well, um, that's exactly right. why I refuse to pay for my kid to go to the Electoral College. thanks to philip picardi we've learned about how religion and spirituality impact our lives today and given all that paula we're going to take that information and now run it through the old pouncedinator what you got harry if i can get a little background music i'll tell you what the pouncedinator spit out Religion is both fascinating and confusing. One could talk about it forever. And I hope Philip Picardi does on his podcast, Unholier Than Thou. He's really fun to talk to and really fun to listen to. Philip says that there are things like his partnership that feel so rich, so right, so fulfilling that they must be somehow spiritual. Maybe. A man elbowed me in the mouth in a pickup basketball game once in which I was the only woman. The ball wasn't even anywhere near us. And then he said, if you're going to play with the big boys, that's what you're going to get. Seconds later, someone passed me the ball right at the top of the key where I stood, still trying to decide what to say back to the man. And I scored. The swishing sound of the ball going through the net was damned close to spiritual. Perhaps the most spiritual thing about it was that I never said anything back to the man. I'm glad Philip said it's okay not to know about these things, because I don't know, although he's not the boss of me. (laughs) It would be fun to think that things that feel so good, like a long rally in ping pong with a crowd of friends cheering, not for a winner, but just for the rally itself, a temperature-perfect evening... That moment when a joke comes together in your head. Serving. Almost everything an otter does. Voices muffled by snow. Reading aloud to your kids. It would be fun to think that all those things have some spiritual origin. Unfortunately, they'd feel ordinary if most of life didn't involve some sort of bad smell. 
dust, <laughs> crushing loneliness, financial uncertainty, countless instances of deep humiliation, and holes in your socks and trash bags at the very least. One thing I know for sure is that there's nothing more important than caring for one another. And by the way, LGBTQ stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. And I've added JF. Just fine. Philip better have me on his podcast. He is the host of the new Crooked Media podcast, Unholier Than Thou, and an award-winning journalist, and just a great guy to talk to in an interview. Philip Picardi, thanks so much for coming on to our show. Thanks for having me. It was an honor. Oh, Philip, you were fantastic. <laughs> Don't start with Thank that. you. <laughs> you were terrific. Coming up. We have a winner in our vocabulary contest. Who are they? And how did they do it? Plus, mailbag. That's all I need to say. That's coming up right after this. Fun fact. Four out of the ten largest statues in the world, and at least 60 of the top 130, are of Buddhas. Scientists say this is mostly due to carbs. (laughs) We now join the French Trump Weekly Friday Press Conference in progress. Yes, you, right there, you, yes, you, yes. Uh, Thank you, sir. Emmett Manning, New York Newsday. Sir. Emmett, Emmett, take that mask off. Oh, Oh, again, sir? Okay, you just... Yes. You just spit so much. Uh, at, At your rally, you called Biden corrupt. No one has found any evidence of that, but you keep saying it. You have a habit of accusing others what you have done. Do you think that's the case here? I did not do that, but I heard that you do that. A lot of people are saying that you do that. And by the way, Emmett, it has not escaped my attention that you have puffed up your orange hair and gained a lot of weight. Next question, next question. All right, now, Paula, there is exciting news afoot this evening. Now, uh, let me ask you, do you remember our vocabulary contest? I do, where where the listeners had to listen to episode 109 and find the vocabulary words that we used in it. And the winner could receive a Zoom party, as it were, with up to 100 of their friends, plus you and me. That's... Very same self-same contest that has not had a winner suddenly has a winner. I'm so excited. Here we go. Uh, just to do this, because she's been the arbiter of the contest the entire time, let's bring out Tony Anita Hall. We're going to open her cage, uh, the, the glassed-in enclosure from which she hasn't been able to hear <laughs> us up until this point. Tony Anita Hall, come on out here and tell us about the winner of this contest. <laughs> 
Yeah, so um, her name is Stephanie Lundgren from Portland, Oregon. Stephanie Lundgren! Stephanie! Congratulations, I was hoping it would be Stephanie Lundgren. This is great. Yeah. You've never heard of her. Uh, She's married. She has three cats, and she said if she could pick one of her cats to be the cat of the week, it would be Momo, her oldest cat, and her sidekick. Okay, you know, so right out Stephanie, of the gate, Stephanie wins a contest and wants more. <laughs> yeah, is Stephanie aware of the amount of responsibility for a cat that uh, that becomes Cat of the Week? I mean, does she know everything yeah, that goes into it? It's kind of being a little bit of a stage parent and a little bit ungrateful, I gotta say, Stephanie, because once again, Cat of the Week is, you know, it's a completely different lane. It has to do with your cat, <laughs> not you. <laughs> Uh, so how did she do it, Tony? How did Stephanie, above all others, come up with the vocabulary words from episode 109? She listened to the show the day after it dropped and was casually listening for the words, but didn't enter because she thought someone would have already won. Uh, but then she went back and listened to the show again and started writing the words down. And she remembered that I posted... Uh, the words on Facebook, so she listened to the show once or twice more before she pressed the send button on her entry. My guess is that she got some guidance from Momo. (laughs) Well, if she did, then Momo deserves the call with a hundred of Momo's friends with me and you, Paula. Yeah, it's just going to be like, hi, I'm Adam. Hi, I'm Paula. I'd rather talk to Stephanie. So you guys get the Hawaiian chips, get the double stuff Oreos, get the Heath bars, and don't get any uh, Butterfingers because, you know. Uh, they don't exist anymore. Meanwhile, tell Momo to start popping the popcorn. All right. Now, Paula, we always enjoy opening up the listener um, mailbag. mailbag. Yes, we do, Adam. And this is our chance to listen and respond to all the concerns that anybody might have. And where are we digging this out of? Our butts? <laughs> I, I'm, not, I, I'm not sure I understand the question. So to move well, on, then Tony I wouldn't Nidal. answer our butt. No. Where <laughs> are we getting these missives from? Well, I just said we're getting them from nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com and our Facebook group. <laughs> And someplace else. But now they're in our... Mailbag. (laughs) (laughs) Mailbag. I had no idea where you were going with that, Paula. No, me neither. Anyway, Tony, what you got? Okay, so um, I thought this was so cool. So nobody, Allison Bell, was waiting at Target and decided to subscribe to our podcast on all the model phones. Isn't that fabulous? So wow, that is yeah. I thought that was cool. I love that. That's fantastic. So yeah, that's thinking outside of the the box. It really is. I love that, Allison Bell. You know what you win? Allison Bell wins the. She wins the mailbag. Can Allison Bell have a Thomas? Can Allison Bell have a Thomas coin coin? You know, isn't it enough just to feel good? <laughs> it's fine with me. I it's- <laughs> feel like 
feel like we're having sort of an impromptu rehearsal slash production meeting rather than a show right now, but we're going to press <laughs> on. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm giving Allison Bell a Thomas Coin coin. I don't know if I have Thank authority, you, Tony. but I'm doing there it. There you go. So moving on to Lou from Tennessee. Uh, Thank wrote, you. Hi, guys. I binge listen to you all when I make my every four-week trip from Chicago to Tennessee. Maybe the long trip gets me a little loopy, or maybe it's our present political environment fogging my brain. But Captain Crinkle sounds an awful like Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar. Did she grow up in the upper Midwest? I hear northern Wisconsin in her accent. Might be fun to have her grill French Trump in a congressional hearing. Thanks for the many hours of mirth. It really helps break the tedium of a long haul. At least now, since I'm driving, I can laugh out loud without getting strange looks like I did when I was flying. LOL. All the best, Lou from Tennessee. Lou, wow. you have There's uncovered... There's a lot to there. Well, <laughs> Lou, Lou has uncovered something that we have obviously tried to keep secret, which is... <laughs> Bonnie Burns is a, uh, what do you call it? She, what is that when somebody has a fake name? Alias. Uh, it's, but it's an alias. Um, right. It's part of the reason uh, Amy Klobuchar. Identity. It's part of the reason that Amy Klobuchar did not win the primary. Uh, <laughs> is that one day a week. She's been taping. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. <laughs> this is Senator Amy Klobuchar. I can't believe somebody figured it out. Yeah, is it's it because kind of amazing. You, is it I because wish you, that was true. It's because they saw the big mound of snow on her head one day, and they said, wait a minute. That's Were you in Minnesota? Yeah, that is, I can't believe because we usually have Amy or Bonnie. Uh, we usually have her try to alter her voice just a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, so a lot of people who who supported Senator Amy Klobuchar remember how she would close out her speeches with Wahilo. That's yes. one of the giveaways. That was a giveaway. So uh, now that the secret's revealed, uh, Senator Klobuchar, what are you hoping to achieve uh, legislatively in the uh, new new Senate session? Well, I know that we're going to have a wonderful time when Joe gets in, (laughs) and it'll be a wonderful new America. Well, God bless you, Senator, and God bless the United States of America. Hey, Tony, what else you got in there? Yep. Wow. uh, This is... Uh, okay, here we go, guys. Uh, oh boy, really, please tell Paula not to dive into the pit of crappy slang. You guys, sis, is the biggest (laughs) offense of crap slang. With gratitude, Scott Thibault. Oh, this is going to go well for Scott. Wait, (laughs) you you use guises? It doesn't sound like me to say use guises. That sounds like Adam. I think what he's saying is saying you guys, which he is defining as you guysis. Oh! um, Is the biggest of... Yeah. Uh, Well, then, you know, then I stand guilty as charged, uh, Scott. I say you guys all the time. And that's crappy slang? 
Huh. Well, I, he doesn't really offer why it is. Uh, you know, I would have thought, like, boob. Like, referring to a woman's breast as boobs. That, to me, is crappy slang. Um, but, really? Yeah. Yeah, that, you don't like that word. I don't. I, I prefer breast, or sometimes just, I'll say, like, below my clavicle. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> really into, uh, nonspecific there. Yeah. Just below my clavicle, I think, is enough. A, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, boy. So, oh, okay. Then I didn't even understand. <laughs> you know what that's like? <laughs> that's like, okay, remember the really great I Love Lucy where I she's pregnant. She, okay. She's pregnant and she's concerned that when the baby is born, he's not going to learn good English um, because they don't all speak proper English. So she hires someone to come tutor them in proper English. And it's he's tutoring Lucy and Ricky and Fred and Ethel. And so when, when Fred and Ethel come into the apartment and the guy's there to tutor them, the guy begins by saying, there's two words that I never want you to say. One is swell and the other one is lousy. And Fred said, well, why don't you tell us the, the lousy one first to get it out of the way? which is of course one of the funniest lines ever written and apparently um not even trying to i handled this the same way i'm like use guises i don't say use guises (laughs) adam says that (laughs) when what he really meant was that i say you guys yeah i do yeah and you know i have something to tell you scott i'm not gonna stop in the future scott I'm going to say you guys when I'm talking to my friends. And when I'm talking to you, I'm going to say little fella. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Senator Klobuchar, do you want to weigh in on this? I think everybody should support Joe. And when he gets elected, we're going to have a wonderful America. I'm starting to hear it. It's just so weird. Thank Thank you, Senator. Thank you. Yeah. All right. All right, what else you got in that big old bag of Uh, yours, Tony? Okay, um, here we go. I'm a no, okay. Sorry, I can't get it. It's okay. I'd want you to feel. It's really not okay, Tony. No. (laughs) Oh, come on, you guys. It's okay with me. Sorry, little fella. Stop saying you guys! (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I was channeling Scott Thibault there. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I'm a nobody, of course, and I want to announce right now that I'm also a crinklehead. Yo, make some Yay. noise, fellow crinkleheads. <laughs> we want more of Bonnie on the show. Thanks again for the greatest podcast in history, Patty in Colorado. Wow. Well, thank you, Patty. That is so... And and there is no way that Patty from Colorado isn't yet another alias of Bonnie Captain (laughs) Kringleberg. A.K.A. Amy Klobuchar. A.K.A. Patty in Colorado. Uh, Apparently, being a senator at this point is really not keeping Amy Klobuchar busy enough. Um, (laughs) I think, you know, because now she's also Patty in Colorado... (laughs) Um, you guys should we say that she's patty in colorado sorry little fella um (laughs) 
Yeah, I guess we should. You know, people don't realize how smart I am because I went to Yale and I came from very humble beginnings. My mom was a school teacher, <laughs> but even though I'm smart and I really want to have the world be a better place, I still have cankles. <laughs> what the fuck are cankles? You know, all of us women get together in the Senate and most of us have cankles. That's one of the things we commiserate <laughs> about at dinner. <laughs> Literally Googling Amy Klobuchar. That is what's happening here. No, what is it? Do you think that they she would say that on like her website or something? I have cankles. I know you I had sure. somebody who talked about faith today, but you know God doesn't give you everything. <laughs> <laughs> wow, boy. Uh, you know, Senator, I, I want to thank you so much for throwing the primary. By being on our podcast all this time, <laughs> that was yeah, that was that was, that was big. Oh, Tony Anita Hall, for God's sakes, take us to the next item from our mailbag. I'm well intended. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on? I don't. It's. I didn't want to interrupt a senator. No, I don't blame I, you. I, I I understand. Go ahead, Tony. This is the second senator we've had on this show. I know. Okay. Here we go. Final, final mailbag. Mailbag! Nice. So, uh, this is regarding the story of Doug. Oh, our late intern Doug who died under such mysterious circumstances? Yes. Yeah. That Doug. Okay. okay. Um, Sidney Campbell wrote Mike Boom Boom Bonifit. As he, as Mike Boom Boom Bonifit might have murdered Doug, that that that's all they wrote. Well, huh. okay. I <laughs> when I Mike does really want to be with Adam, and maybe he felt jealous, so that's a possibility. Yeah, absolutely plausible. Yeah. Um, Brian McCafferty wrote, "Since we've never heard from Wendell, who I gather was Doug's <laughs> best friend, I suppose we'll never know." Now that's interesting. That's a very interesting theory because Paula, your assistant Wendell, yes, um, one would imagine that as your assistant, um, he would had to interface with Doug a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, they were thick as thieves. Um, right, yeah, and, but yeah, they were. They were uh, Adam Felber. They were thick as thieves. Uh, oh, Wendell, Wendell and Doug often uh, uh, went fishing together. It was a thing to see. Um, Adam answered the phone. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is we're talking about our menagerie. Hello. Hey, 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 Adam. It's it's me, Mike Bum Bum Butterfit. Am, am I the am I the hundredth caller? No, you're the 95th caller in our contest, Mike. Good to hear from oh, you. Son of a bitch. Hey, listen, you guys. Uh, sorry, little fella. Um, I, I didn't kill Doug. I just <laughs> want to say that right now. I, I, you know. I don't know. Are you sure, him. Mike? I don't know. Oh, oh, oh. I, Cindy Campbell, fuck you. I didn't kill Doug. Uh, I just want to say that. Because I, I don't want anything to stand in the way of you and me, Adam, hanging out after the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I do know what you mean. But, you know, if 
if suspicion falls on you or Wendell, I mean, it's just the kind of thing you're going to have to deal with. We might have to postpone our hangout after the game if you're, uh, you know, under house arrest or something. You know, I thought it was really funny. I was with Paul Pelzer and said, boob. <laughs> Wasn't that great? She said, boob. When she said, right, you know what she was referring to. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I know what you're referring to. Her tits. Okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, somebody's, yeah. <laughs> Mike, were you just calling to, to try to clear your name? Yeah. You know, I, All right. I don't really have enough money for a lawyer right now, so I'm being my own defense. All right. Yeah. Well, um, you, you know. Your, your yes. honor, your honor, I didn't kill Doug. Case closed. <laughs> right, well, that's outstanding legal defense, Mike. Uh, well, do, do thank you I'm for gonna, calling. Wait, hold on, Adam. I'm going to approach the bench. Here I come, bench. I gotta go. I gotta go. I don't okay. have time for this shit. <laughs> okay, thanks for calling, Mike. Good, good talking to you, Adam. I'll see. I'll talk to you this weekend, man. Oh, uh, probably not. Thanks, Mike. Um, uh, uh, Amy Klobuchar, were you a prosecutor at one time? <laughs> <laughs> I was, Paula, but. The thing with that just leaves me speechless. I don't know what to say about it. I think we should really think about the positive things in life. And, you know, I'm going to close with this. Those fuckers in the White House that wouldn't wear their masks, they deserve everything they get. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful coming from you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Senator Klobuchar, to this date, has not referred to the people in the White House as fuckers, but I guess all that changed here at the end of mailbag. Well, you know, it it wouldn't have bothered Scott. I think it's Tybalt. I think. Uh, I think it's- uh, it w- it wouldn't have bothered Scott uh, if, if the senator refers to the people in the White House as as fuckers. Um, but if she had said, <laughs> if she had said, "You guys, those people in the White House are fuckers," he would go through the roof. Wow. I said you guys for as long as I can remember. I can't, I don't I'm not capable of not saying you guys. <laughs> um what is that noise I'm hearing, Bonnie? What? <laughs> I heard a noise. What was it? I almost unplugged my phone. Yeah. It sounds like you temporarily did and then replugged it in, uh, Senator. Yeah, I was playing with the phone cord. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't help myself. <laughs> Yeah, I did well. it unconsciously while I was listening. Adam! Adam. <laughs> if you remember during the presidential debate, she was doing that all the time, too. Yes, Paula? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole presidential debate, her mouth would be moving and uh-huh. no sound was coming out. And then she would plug her <laughs> mic back in. Yep. And she would say, I, and then I got Bernie bored. Sanders would say, would you stop that? I can't hear myself think. <laughs> stop Bernie. crinkling. Bernie Sanders said, I paid the damn bill. Um, all right, uh, Adam, yes. I actually have a date to plug. A, a date. date? Like out Yay. there in the world? I'm going to be somewhere other than Santa Monica. Tell me. Yeah. Tomorrow, I'm driving over near Fairfax and Pico. Um, <laughs> no. Uh <laughs> On November 13th and 14th, I'm going to be in Alexandria, Virginia at the Birchmere Music Hall, one of my favorite places. 
And I just want to say that A, they wear masks there, and B, they have tables so they can separate the tables. I want people to know that it will be a uh, safe experience. Once again, that's the Birchmere Music Hall in Alexandria, Virginia. I'm excited for you, Paula. Yeah, I'm I'm also going to do I'm going to do my own sound system and Bonnie is going to walk me through that. <laughs> <laughs> now it doesn't sound like such a good idea anymore. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, Bonnie's going to show me how to plug in the mic and unplug the mic and plug it oh, back in again. Really- so I would tell the senator to stay home. I really would for her own safety. I'm happy to help and you. And your audiences. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, Paula, you... you... <laughs> wow. And for, and for people who can't get to Virginia to see you, you also have this new game show available outside the Virginia area. Am I right? I do have a new game show. It's on, uh, what is it on? It's on, it's on my, uh, my website, paulapoundstone.com, and it's on YouTube, and uh, it's called uh, Nobody Asked You, starring Paula Poundstone. It's a goofy little game show that's, uh, you know, just there to lift everybody's spirits. That's the whole point. What, and, it, and, and that's all I got for plugs. You know, I've been very sensitive about the plug issue since Heidi, uh, since we did the mailbag where I believe it was Heidi who said that we did too many plugs. So that's all I'm going to say. That's it. Wow. That's it. All right, I'll just throw one in, and I'll say, hey, you guys. Sorry, little fella. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, The baseball playoffs are heating up, and uh, if you want to see a game but hear professional comedians calling it from our booth, that's me and Jeff Cesario doing the Starburns Sports simulcast. Get your listings by going to starburnsports.com. Dot com, or just go to my Twitter handle, at Adam Felber, to find out which game we're doing this week. There you go. That's all we're doing, Heidi. That's it. That's it. That's the end it. of the plugs. Except to say, Heidi, you guys, sorry, little fella, if you want to enter our theme song contest to send your song to us at nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. That's your address for everything, nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Leifelber. Special thanks to our guest, Philip Picardi, and thanks to our house band returning champion, Harry Orlov. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Captain Crinkle, Senator Amy Klobuchar, <laughs> Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Starburns production by Land Romo. Thanks to our former intern, Doug. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? I cannot believe that that guy figured out that that was, uh, or was it a woman? I can't remember anymore. Uh, that they figured out that uh, uh, we've we've had Amy Klobuchar on the show, Senator Amy Klobuchar, all this time. I mean, I thought just Klobuchar, yeah. I just thought from the silliness, the ridiculousness of of what we do, that no yeah. one would ever guess that a, a senator, an important senator yeah. at that, was a part of it. Um, boy. Well, I think we gave it away because the Bonnie Burns character was just eventually too outlandish to be believed. <laughs> well, that's true. 
That's true. Because honestly, what Come would on. I really have been with her for 26 years? That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's Somebody who lo- someone who lost a silicon earbud tip in their ear for a month. It's just it's completely yeah. it's farcical and unrealistic. Yeah, that's just um yeah, that just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. I see, yeah, so I guess yeah, yeah, but um yeah. I feel bad. Like, I I wonder if she's going to stay with us or if she'll feel the need to return to the Senate full time. Um, we'll find out. Yeah. I think that um, maybe when we insisted that she come tape the show with us, even though they were having um, hearings at the Senate, maybe she felt torn. Yeah, I think that probably she did. But she came. She came anyway. Yeah. Didn't she miss that one debate because she was with us when we interviewed the um, penis piercing guy? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Maybe she thought the maybe, debate was important, but not as important as the penis piercing guy. Yeah. Maybe that wasn't the best use of a senator's time. Now I feel bad well, about it. But. Well, look, it was her choice. Yeah. That's right. Sort of. Star Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.